My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 182 of Legally Clueless. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If this is your first time, audio episodes like this go out every single Monday and our video series is currently on, so new episodes on our YouTube every single Friday. If you check out the show notes, there's a link to our YouTube channel. There is a link to legallycluelessafrica.com, which is where you need to head to right now and sign up to be part of our fam. Now, speaking of the video series the last two episodes that have gone out i think if you are a creative or a creator of things if you have started a business you're running a business and you're trying to figure out how the creativity lives side by side with the business the last two episodes of our video series you need to watch one features a lady called wanjiku who runs a very successful events company whose core is super creative. Her first ever client was Google. Yeah, it's a big deal. I think it's a story that will inspire you. And the one that went out most recently is by actually somebody who makes probably half of my closet. (laughs) Yvonne, she's such an amazing fashion designer and she runs an amazing company called Yvonne Afro Street. And she talks about starting a business in the creative industry in the fashion industry she actually at one point was robbed by thugs they took damn near everything like it seemed like her business was over but she kind of bounced back I feel like those two episodes are a must watch. So head over to our YouTube channel. They're out there and make sure you subscribe and share, share, share our awesome video series. Now back to this episode. This is what's coming up. One time when I was like climbing the ladder, I felt my joints and I'm like, okay, this is just going to pass. Then after some time, my face just started to swell. They said you might have something called lupus. So I was like, what? What is lupus? I had just dropped out of school, started a new business. I had just gone into like... Like some sort of awakening where I was realizing, oh my God, life has been such a lie. I dropped church. I also dropped school. But now the meds weren't working. Like I was allergic to the meds they gave me. So I was taken to the HDU, stayed there for like 15 days with the tubes and everything, you know, machines all over. You can't even sleep. The noise, do, do, do. I'm really excited about this episode because of that story. It's by Joy who wrote in, said she wanted to share her story on the podcast. She listens to the podcast and it just ended up being such a powerful story. So it's coming up a little later in this episode. Ooh, ooh, my goodness. I'm so excited for the song of the week. Sorry, I just looked down at my prep sheet and I saw saw the name of the song and I just got so excited. So I was pretty weird. Not weird. Weird in a good way. When I refer to myself as weird, it's not negative. I love being other but in uni i was probably listening actually no i was listening to this in high school into uni so while everybody else was listening to a lot of like pop hits blah 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 obviously i was still listening to erica Badu back then but i was also really really obsessed with the soweto string quartet i know (laughs) i know and there's one particular song that i really loved and then my playlist was on shuffle it popped up and I have not heard it in years and I lost my mind. So I was just like, I have to share this with you. So they have a song called Zebra Crossing, which is off of one of their earliest albums, if I'm not wrong. That's called Zebra Crossing. And I love the song. It's so good. I really hope it's your jam. Obviously, it's not the regular stuff that I share on here, but then there's just an energy about this song. And then when you listen to each and every instrument, ah. It's it's beautiful. So I've put a link to it in the show notes. Check it out. If you're listening on a platform that doesn't have show notes, just check out Zebra Crossing by Soweto String Quartet. Another thing that I want you to check out that celebrates African stories just like we do here is Guinness's new show called Black Shines Brightest Stories. It's on their YouTube channel, which is Guinness Kenya. There's a link to it in the show notes. If you can't access show notes on your platform, just go on to 
YouTube and search Guinness Kenya. And we've also shared it on our YouTube channel as well. I really dig this show because it's not often that brands as huge as Guinness actually say, hey, we want to celebrate the people who are just like culture shapers and icons when it comes to creativity on the continent. And it's people who you've probably not heard of before. And if you have, I'm 100% sure you've not heard of their stories like this because it's like an in-depth behind the scenes look at the stuff we don't really get to appreciate when it comes to creative stories. And one person who's actually one of my favorite humans on this planet right now. Her name is Sweetie Nyarkano. Probably wearing to that and I shouldn't. <laughs> but I really love how authentic she is. I like how true to her African roots she is. She's such a breath of fresh air and ah, I love everything about that girl. And she's on the Guinness Black Shine's Brightest Stories show. Listen to this. I started my online platform as an accident. It came out at a point where I couldn't even pay the rent to this house. I had quit my job because of, you know, I, I felt like I wasn't being appreciated. Um, I had a boss who would, I would create stuff and she would criticize them so much, telling me that, that no one would love my stuff. So I, I stopped working with them and the transition was so difficult for me. Because my, my first video, I remember I created a video and when I woke up the next day, it had blown out of proportion. Like when you're interacting with her stuff, at least when I was, I didn't know behind the scenes there was so much she was navigating and I didn't know how much she's conquered until I watched this particular episode and it just made me love her even more. So check out the Guinness Black Shine's Brightest Stories show on the Guinness Kenya YouTube channel. There's a link to it in the show notes. So just a bit of a catch up, something very special that I wanted to share. I think in the last episode, yes, it was in the last episode, I talked about putting up my ancestral altar, which I'd been doing before without knowing, whenever I was like burning my sage, my candles, my sandalwood, my frankincense. And what I've started to do every morning when I go light my candles and burn a bit of sage is to ask my ancestors every morning to only let that which is mine, that which is for me, find me today. And it's been quite awesome doing that. <laughs> In fact, like one day, it was so crazy because I, I said that in the morning and now that I've moved somewhere silent, I don't have to do too many night shifts, which means my Sundays are mine once again. I haven't had a free Sunday for three years. And so last Sunday, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I thought, ooh, I'll go on like a long drive, which I love doing. I just kept pushing. I think I'm so used to working on a Sunday that now I was doing work even for like next month. <laughs> so I kept saying like, okay, I'll go for the drive at 12. Then I was like, no, I'll have lunch first. Then I'll go. I'll go for it at one. I'll go at two. I'll go at three. Anyway, so I have some really cool neighbors who are kind of new in the area now. They just moved in two nights ago, but they've been coming across the last two months and then we met and we just instantly became friends so it's a mom and daughter duo who are super awesome and so on this particular sunday that i've started the day asking that only that which is for me should find me the neighbor comes so mom daughter and they come with mom sister so auntie i've never met the aunt before and so pleasantries hi 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 and the mom and i like really can talk for eons <laughs> And so everybody breaks apart from us and we continue talking for like a long time, just on and on. She's telling me about the farming that she does. She watches YouTube and learns how to farm different fruits, grow different fruits rather. Told me about how she tried to make wine from watermelons, didn't work out. She's just such good energy. Anyway, so towards the end, we speak for like an hour. Towards the end, I start telling her how I've always wanted to do beekeeping. I wanted to do it for years. And the first person I told, they kind of didn't take the idea seriously. Yeah, and almost like belittled it and made me now doubt my own thing that I wanted to do. And even away from that, it always just felt so hard. Like the people, companies that reach out for 
with set meetings, they don't happen. And I feel like if you're keen enough, you'll understand what's hard and still for you and what's hard and not for you. There's a different type of hardness when something is not for you and like the universe is trying to smack you back. back in line with like what you're meant to be doing and I think that was what was happening anyway so I mentioned to the mom about this beekeeping thing that I wanted to do blah 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 and I was like I need to get it up and running by December that's what I want my Christmas gift to myself to be and then she says oh you must talk to my sister the aunt they came with and it just turns out that we're so aligned in that beekeeping space and some of the stuff that she's doing is answering the issues that I've been having trying to make this work but can you see how If I went for my drive when I was meant to, I would not have seen them. And if I didn't vocalize what it is I wanted to do, I would never have known that the aunt is so aligned with what I'm trying to do and like we could definitely work together. I just, ugh. And so now it's become my thing where every morning I'm just like, please, please, only let that which is mine find me today. When I'm saying it, I'm not saying it with a heart of only good things are going to find me and like life is going to be swell. I, I mean, even the challenges that I'll face in the day, let them be the ones that are mine because the ones that are mine are there to teach me something, move me in a different direction, wake me up. They're mine. Right. So it's not even like, you know, only let that which is mine find me today (laughs) to be like all roses and whatever. No, like just make sure it's mine, not anybody else's. And and just keep me on that path. I found a lot of comfort and clarity by starting my morning like that. I have also been doing yoga every morning for the last two weeks and really loving it. Ooh, really, really loving it. I can't wait to tell you more about that, but in another episode. Right about now, I think we need to jump into 100 African stories. And as I said earlier, Joy, aka Culture Queen, filled out our storyteller form. There's a link to it in the show notes. And we got in touch with her. We set up a day where I went to record her. She came with her friend, which was so adorable. And basically, her story is about how she got diagnosed with lupus. 100 African stories on Legally Clueless. Stories from Africa. So my name is Joy. My friends call me JJ because my second name is Cherop, but written Jerop. So yeah, note that. I'm in the creative space. I go by Culture Queen, KQ. I write, I'm a poet, UX, UI designer. I also can do painting, beadwork. I was born in Meru. I lived in Nandi, Nairobi, Kapsabet. Studied in Nairobi for high school and campus. Our family clan totem is the elephant. I resonate with that because I have a really good memory and I don't forget things. From my mom's side, our totem is the soil. So I kind of feel elephant and soil vibe. So there this time we went to Kikuyu to do an art project. So we were painting on walls. So we were doing pieces that would inspire the people who work there. And it was a tech space, so I really felt like this is actually my thing. I did a piece called um, Data is the New Oil. And another one about windmills because it's near Ngong Hills. So I just got inspired by the visuals around there. One time when I was like climbing the ladder, I felt my joints and I'm like, okay, this is just going to pass because maybe we're just tired and everything. Then after some time, my face just started to swell, but I wasn't seeing it. Other people were seeing it. When I look at myself, I'm like, yeah, this is okay. It's not swelling. And then I started getting like, my face was becoming really hot, but I ignored that because it was on and off. And then we came back to Juja because that's where we used to stay. And now everything just like spiraled out of control. I started getting like a small blister on my side cheek. Okay, side cheek sounds like side cheek. <laughs> but yeah, on the side of my cheek. And then my face now swole. And then I had ulcers in my mouth. So one time my brother came home, came to my place. And then he was like, I told him, Bede, I'm not feeling well. What's happening? Like, I have stuff in my mouth. I'm just feeling fatigued, tired, my joints, everything. He was like, fine. Tomorrow I'm coming for you to Nenda Husi. So we went to Waga Khan and they just told them what I was feeling. But then the doctors were like, okay, so let's see your hands. I'm like, my hands? That's not what brought me here. But I actually had rashes on my hands. Then they saw my tattoos and they were like, okay, fine. Apparently tattoos like had caused stuff to happen. So 
they said you might have something called lupus so i was like what what is lupus but at that moment that's when i decided okay fine whatever this is whether it has a cure or not i'm just going to be positive about it and i'm going to fight it because me i don't see myself at a staying in bed the whole day i'll have a lot to do like i have things i want to achieve so this is the time to be positive and also before that i had been negative for so long like i was in a space that was a bit not my space it was a new space i had just dropped out of school started a new business so at home everything was just like wild and everything so i had been angry for some time plus also I had just gone into like some sort of awakening where I was realizing oh my god life has been such a lie I dropped church I also dropped school the people I was associating with now I wanted to like be with this deep spiritual people like rastafarians and you know people who are just like in tune with nature I wanted to like change everything so there was a lot of stuff going on so I was diagnosed then I was admitted for like 5 days but now the meds weren't working like I was allergic to the meds they gave me sulfur medication so my face started to harden and then like I was so bloody it was really bad like if you see the photos you're just going to be traumatized like how can someone go through this so I went back to hospital because now it was like I don't know what this thing is and it's changing how I'm looking. So at the time I, I it's like I blocked my thoughts. I wasn't thinking about it, but I knew something was this is bad. So when I went back, they actually were like, "Eh, hey, this one we were about to lose you. You're going to die." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'm still like positive about it. Like this is going to pass." I know. So when they're like you're going to die, me in my head I'm like, "Ai apana, I'm not going to listen to you." So I was taken to the HDU, stayed there for like 15 days with tubes and everything, you know, machines all over, you can't even sleep, the noise do do do. So uncomfortable. But my recovery in the HDU was really fast. I mean, I went there with a bloody face, a bloody chest, but when I came out, my skin was just okay, it wasn't normal, but I don't mind sharing photos but you have to like view a discretion you that waste. So even guys were like, "Wait, because it was really bad." So the staff were like, "Eh, so utoka hapo sio kikaaje, ule huyo mungu wako ni mnoma sana hata sisi unafautuambie nani huyu unaabudu and stuff like that." So in my head me I knew this was just like positivity working because it was just bad. So when I left for see, that's when I realized, "Okay, fine, being positive is actually a good thing." And then my mom also was like, "So we are going to beat this with diet." So I just shifted to a plant-based diet. I do eat meat occasionally, some samosas here and there, but I try to stick to it. So when I looked at the lupus symptoms i had to like sit down and look at everything now like from me being sick and this awakening journey that i kind of was on to see if it's connected because actually there was a point in hospital where i was on morphine and a steroid called prednison like a very high dose and mentally i was just thinking about a lot so one time this nurse we actually she was my day nurse I told her me I think I want some more morphine because she was like kind of young she like understood okay fine and then I told her me it's been a while since like I've smoked some weed and this morphine is making me feel like that so just ongeza kidogo for me to like feel a bit more high and then she added I don't know if it was the right thing for her to do or not but she did so by evening I was like super high that day I even called my best friend I couldn't talk to her I could just hold up my phone And then I told her this is morphine. <laughs> I also like called my boyfriend at the time and then I just texted this is morphine. He was so shocked like perplexed as in what's going on with this chick. So that night now after showering cuz they wash you they have like a routine in the HDU they wash you and then now you can relax. I told the nurse ah me I'm good I'll dress myself up. So when I was dressing myself up I started feeling so confused like Why am I here? What am I doing? So I started hearing a voice in my head. So stand up. I stood up. I had been done a surgery on my I mean a surgery on my finger. So now my brain was telling me, "Okay, now cause drama." I was like, "Fine." It's like I knew what to do. I stood up and then I was like, "Ah, my finger, my finger." So the nurses came and everyone and I just started like talking. You know, you know, Europeans have been lying to us. Nini nini we need to have our own african liberation like it was just so crazy i don't remember much of it but it caused a, a huge scene a really huge scene towards the end of that scene that i was causing 
I was started walking towards the window because in my head I was seeing my friends were flying in the sky so I was just going to say hi to them but then them they thought I wanted to jump out of the window it was a closed window like you can't open it so they had to like bring in guards many of them because also I was on steroids and steroids really make you strong so they held me down they tied me to the bed and then they called my mom like yo Joy is becoming violent so at home they're thinking what is she doing now <laughs> they tied me to the bed like the way they do in movies like all this was very new to me I'm like okay why are you tying me so I'm telling them okay guys I need to use the washroom they're like where fanya mambo yako hapo tutapanguza asubuhi I was like where okay like there's so much happening in my headspace so now when I went back home I started thinking fine what could have caused this so i went back to school because in school i used to be active in politics and so there was this time the first time i tried politics was when i was in second year i think and things didn't go well we actually took ku to court but it failed of course because i think ku paid the judges and everything so i was like me i'm not doing politics again but then now this second time one of the lecturers was like by the way so you join this team naitashinda i'm like okay fine maybe because i had some ideas like i wanted to actually get into the space of leadership in school and use clubs to bring in more purpose to the students you know like if it's an agriculture club let's start like a greenhouse and do stuff you know doing in technology if it's a public policy club let's listen let's join in with policy companies out there and just stuff too if it's an art let's do exhibitions i wanted to go crazy and everything so i joined this team and then i realized that they just wanted to bribe the students to vote for them so they had a crazy budget of like 800,000 i'm like me by the way i can't so i just decided to quit and then now i got this idea of starting setting up a debate for the leaders so the school was on board and everything on the day of the debate they called me to the council and they're like by the way we hear you want to bring in goons to the school to start violence and i'm like okay pause me I don't even know a single goon <laughs> but they told me yeah so we have to cancel the event nini nini and i was like okay So now what's the point because I'm a policy student and policy is about governance and everything. So I was thinking why should I continue studying policy only to get into a space where you can actually make it by being corrupt and through lies and everything. So that's when I dropped out of school. I was like this this is it. I'm done. And politics is a no like even my political ambitions now are just like apana. I can't be corrupt and do that because I came to realize that later on I was told by someone that they had framed me because they didn't want to participate in the debate. So I decided to go and I'll see what to do. So I met this friend of mine and she's like by the way, me I'm doing a business, I'm making tire seats. I'm like cool. Let's let's do it. So we start. But things went so quickly cuz she didn't even tell me she found this place to sell. Okay, she told me like after she's found it not when she was going to look for it but also i came to realize that she just found it she wasn't really looking for a place so we decided fine cool let's do this let's go these things are going to get money as in they, they look they look so nice so we started the shop thing and then i meet this guy and then we just start dating we don't even know each other well i don't know if he's going to listen to this but yo <laughs> started dating and then now all there was so much stress cuz i wasn't able to do anything for myself in that space that we used to stay in it was a music studio yeah it was an it was an art place really cuz the first shop was his they would do paintings and sculptures and all sorts of things the second shop was a tattoo shop and then now the third shop was another chick called by bui she does like crafty crafty stuff really amazing and then now us and then another art guy so it was five spaces and all of them were just by artists so that's where we met and then december we went for christmas came back i didn't want to move in like even me it's like i found myself in that situation what did i like about him i'm also like a musician of sorts but i've never like gone out so i liked that he was a musician and i felt that maybe this would actually be my time to break out you know like he would teach me some few things here and there nini 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 but that never happened and then he's also like a really fun guy and very interesting like he's sort of like a cartoon 
It's really funny. But now, at the time, I was also kind of depressed because of school and not knowing what to do and being in a different space. So we actually even never got a chance to talk about my issues. Plus, he was also always busy with other people. He's working in a studio. He's a drumist, you know. And then he has this kind of personality that is so out there so i never we never got a chance to be by ourselves and when we were by ourselves we would actually just sort of keep quiet because it was so weird <laughs> it was so so weird and that used to bother me a lot because i never knew how to talk to him yeah we started dating and then we moved in together actually i didn't know that it's a studio because the first night we spent and the guys in the sitting room but i didn't know who they were so he decided maybe let's just spend our time here so we had our dinner and then in the morning he had like to catch a train to mombasa so he was like yeah you just chill here and then you leave at your own time like easy fine so we didn't talk much really but somehow it was so comfortable this can grow into something nice you know like there was some connection ish maybe it was on my side i don't know about his but yeah i was like okay this could actually work you know but when you went to mombasa over this the two weeks holiday weeks he would call me almost every day find out how i was doing nini nini i liked his vibe he used to send me reggae songs <laughs> But um because our shops were near there initially I was to be staying with my friend but then because we were dating and I just go over there chill have dinner spend so kiasi kiasi bring a few clothes somehow I'm just there yeah I kind of wasn't myself because I was thinking about a lot of things also we would be here in a room together but my mind isn't there I started thinking about the system and how it's bad how I've been lied to I would think about like colonization and also connected to like how they they've somehow suppressed our women down the health system how it's bad we need to go back to hubs just a lot it was just a lot and I couldn't express this to anyone maybe just one person but that was it not even my parents not even my best friend like I was just by myself in this sort of space and then I would read a lot about African awakening kemetic culture but I didn't know who to talk to about it so i was just dealing with it by myself yeah and then i would read that spiritual awakenings happen and they're so painful so i was just like okay fine maybe this is mine and it's really bad so i'm just there you know <laughs> it was very stressful it was very stressful because now i'd be so absent-minded all the time because the times i would actually take a super metro from juja Super Metro is the buses that take us from juja to nairobi and then they would play a lot of reggae music and then i would hear so people are talking about me like oh no you are watching shule and afanya nini huku it was like some sort of mental illness i don't know yeah even on the road like eh sindule pale anapita hata wazazi wake wamemkasirikia eh like just voices 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 so like i need to get home now and relax then now when i sit down at home and relax now i start hearing my friends like eh by the way jj is doing nini mbaya na yeye sikuzia menyamaza nini nini she's not even confident no unajua anezaimba anezaimba lakini anaogopa microphones nini nini like it was a bit i've not actually shared this with anyone i just like sit down and listen to them until they die out or i sleep but they really bother me like why cuz in a way the voices were kind of right siniliwacha shule and sininafanya business yenye i don't have much experience in like i wasn't really able to plan my life or do anything that is um, constructive with myself i would do so many poems but reciting them in front of people would be a problem you know so i'd give someone to read and then they would like apana saki kusoma nataka nisikie ukisema and i couldn't and then i picked a very big name for myself you know culture queen but then i couldn't present myself as that so it was bugging me a lot like just compounding stress when you went to kikuyu now that's when i felt like i've expressed myself as an artist because we did murals and I actually liked what I did and then now from there that's when I started falling sick after my diagnosis I looked at the symptoms and one of them was actually stress and when I was speaking to other lupus warriors all of them actually stress is the underlying factor because some of them lost their jobs then now stress some of them were actually in bad marriages so stress so I figured okay maybe actually mine could also be triggered by stress because now just dropping out of school like that with no plan no money no anything so when you tell people at home me I've stopped school supporting Aisha to her so you have to make it by yourself 
and then now you're in this new relationship and you really can't express why you're actually stressed because him he thinks you actually have your, your shit together because I mean umefungwa busy you know so it's like you know what you're doing but you actually don't most of my friends we stopped talking after he moved to Juja so I was kind of by myself and sometimes my brother would see that what you're doing is actually not okay you need to like stop having these friends from Juja you know but me I'm there I'm like you know in my head so these are the people who can actually help me because they know what I may be going through because most of them have had this spiritual awakening I mean you can see the rastas you know so because <laughs> there's a very close connection with rastafarianism and like the african way of stuff when i looked at all these things and i'm thinking i was actually very stressed like i'm putting myself through a lot of things because i could just have said me i can't do this let me go home to strategize maybe go back to school if i need to or do something that i'm actually good at instead of forcing myself on something that i'm not yeah or something that i can do but i've never practiced so we live like a can we go home i'm given food but at night i don't know what triggered it i just like me i need to go stay in juja because now actually we had moved out of the studio with my then boyfriend so we were living by ourselves we'd been paid really good money in kikuyu so like yeah let's let's do this fine so i'm like yeah me i have a place i can stay there i can heal because like i was thinking also i'll be around art and music i'll be going for nature walks with a friend of mine so i'll be good so we stay there and then it was after corona just immediately after corona so the first month we don't pay rent second month we don't pay rent so me i'm there thinking okay fine i don't have a job i've stopped going to the shop now what am i supposed to do I started looking for transcribing jobs i do the first like sort of interview i don't pass just there so him he goes comes back we able to buy food but now we're thinking okay where are we going to get money for rent so me at the back of my head i know i can always go back home but now what happens to this relationship the landlord was like eh you guys it abidi mehama so we moved we had found another place with some other friends So we were like ah we will we'll go there. We went all the way to landless. So now when we were there now my folks were like eh hey, this one you have to just come back home because we don't even think you're doing well when you're there by yourself. We want to take care of you nini nini nini. So me I'm thinking ah you people with your christian ways. <laughs> I like I want to do my own things and believe my own way but you guys won't let me. You're going to just stress me and everything. Then I had stopped taking meds because now when I read the side effects like prednisone is going to make me lose my bones imuran is going to give me liver issues me i'm trying here to be like plant based and herbal and all those things but then they weren't really working kind of plus anyway you can't support a healthy lifestyle cuz food is expensive and you're not making money you have to be depending on someone else to do that so i decide fine anyway even me i'll just go home so when i was thinking about the relationship i was like okay i can't even like date you in my sick condition because i was really weak and i had lost a lot of weight nilikuwa naka kama mtu mnyako emaciated you could see my ribs it was bad so we were like fine you go home get better then maybe from there we'll see but for now let's kill him to two and inch yazake so me i started thinking of myself as a single person again so i go home I go back to taking the meds. So now this meds the cancer could affect mentally. I would actually watch TV and start arguing with the people in the television. I would see my own things, hear my own things. So even my parents were like, "Eh, kwani nini mbaya?" So they call the doctor is like, "Oh, those are side effects of prednisone. They can make you go crazy." So I was taken to a psychiatrist and it calmed down, but I used to be very triggered by things like mental health issues, corruption. At some point I would think I'm supposed to be the leader of this country. Like one time I was coming from Nairobi and I thought I actually thought that people out there were waiting for me to get out of the car. I say hi like habadizeno na inchi, you know, that kind of thing. And my my mom had to like really hold me in the car because I was so mimi nataka kwenda kuongea na watu. See they're all waiting for me. You know. <laughs> It was so crazy. I would even see my friends like wa sindole no rapala na pita. Ayaya, ona ndole kileti, but my bro is like apana. Hakuna wase. But all these things are in my head. In fact, I, I was even thinking maybe because I saw them around them somewhere in Nakuru. You know they're waiting for me in like Elementaita. Let me go. I meet them there and then you're going to walk all the way back to Nairobi, you know, road trip nini nini. I was just disoriented in a way and hallucinating psychiatric things so after some point now we start the diet seriously and 
I got better. So I thought, okay, fine. This is now a chance for me to like rebuild my life and everything. And now moving forward, I need to do things differently. Maybe I'll do poetry. Maybe I won't. But now my options are open. I don't have to confine myself to a few things. The first month was a bit... The first two months, I think... Because now I'm back on meds. So now this whole episode of psychiatric things starts to happen. I mean, there was even a time I remember I thought the people in the media houses wanted to meet me personally at a club called Nandi Bears. So me was like, after news, tutapatana. So uh, it was it used to be Jesse Rogers and another lady <laughs> on KTN. So I tell them, yeah, kuna round up tutakuza kupatana. <laughs> After some point, I was like, okay, this is not happening. So I would tell them, but I'm coming, I'm coming. You guys just chill. I mean, it was so crazy. No one would understand what's going on. Just me in my head, I know what's happening. We would watch TV and I would relate these people to like my own personal life. I don't remember much of it, but it was just weird. It was even one time I wanted to run away. I was like, see, I have a driving license. I'll just take my dad's khakis and drive off to Nairobi and back to my friends, you know. So this time it was actually crazy that they had to hold me down in the house and then they took me and they started praying for me. Now that one was just a trigger like, you guys, you think Jesus is actually going to come and save you? It was so, my, my brothers just went to their rooms because they couldn't see me like that. I wanted to literally run away. So it was like tomorrow morning, I'm going to put on my swimming costume and a short at the time, there was like some athletes, I think. I'm not so sure. So if anyone asks me where, what I'm doing, like I'm practicing. <laughs> so I took my certificates and my IDs and I put them there on my bed. And I'm like, yeah, let me now go through these things. And then for some reason, my certificates, okay, okay, it's not like that. But then I could see like, kuna white out imepakwa. So I'm like, these people lied to me. Ini nini are they not my real parents? So at 3 a.m. I wake up. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going to leave the house. I pack. Then I go and look outside. It's like it's so dark. I can't even go anywhere. But in my head, I knew the, even the watchmen want me to actually go because they know I'm going through something. So I switch on the TV. At that time, it was, I think, Trump and Biden debate. So I'm like, eh, Trump is lying to us. I don't know something about Brexit. There was also an issue about like the supply chain going on at that time. So I'm like, eh, you see, you can't even handle the country. I don't know what not. I was so crazy, you know. I was even taking notes of what he's saying with it. So that, <laughs> and now I'm going to call Trump and tell him, by the way, you guy, you, you're just a bad leader. Eh? <laughs> I had notes on a book. And then this book was a German book. Mind you, I, I've never done German before. I was like, I'm going to teach myself. It's a conk book about German culture. I'm running away with this book. Then I'm going to start learning German. God. <laughs> So it's my parents who called the doctor. And the doc was like, okay, bring her to a psychiatrist. So we come back to Nairobi, we go to the psychiatrist. And in, in his office, I was just all over the place. I even asked him, by the way, do you go outside to bask in the sun? Because he was telling me that you need vitamin D to go along with the nini. Me, I tell him, to the meds. So me, I tell him, yo, me, I bask in the sun. So I realized, by the way, this guy doesn't even go out. So I ask him, do you bask in the sun? He laughs. He's like, actually, no, I get here very early in the morning and I leave here late at night. So I told him, the vitamin D is for you, not for me. <laughs> and then I start looking outside his window. Like, this is a very boring place. Like, how can you not have a view and you're a whole doctor? So he was just observing me and nodding. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, why is he nodding, you know? So he was actually telling my parents, by the way, she's actually not okay. Like, this is very hyper behavior. So he prescribed for me meds. And when I took those meds, I actually relaxed. But after a few weeks, because when we went back home, I could still see things. One time we were having dinner and then my dad walks in. But then I see Raila. <laughs> so me, I'm like, maybe no offense towards me or guys, but me, I'm thinking, I'm not even Raila people. Why? What is he doing in our place? So now I went to the shower and then I could hear Raila speaking. Ati, tulikuwa na Obama juzi. Tulikuwa na Obama juzi. Na, tumuwa na uyumstana. Kuna potential. 
so in my head I'm like yes wananikujia nini nini so yeah, I start looking at things about Obama in Africa like the this yearly program he has so maybe I should apply and go maybe I'll meet him then somehow Lauren Mix gets into the Lauren Hill sorry gets into the mix so I'm like I'm going to meet Lauren Hill we'll perform with her like what <laughs> it was mad and then when I take the medicine now it's called Olians I would just sleep after eating and sleep on the sofa sleep anywhere on the floor so my folks would have to like carry me on my back and then on their backs sorry and then put me in bed so in the morning I wake up and I'm like sikulala hapa but ikatulia after some point I'd still be on the lupus drugs but now I'd also be on psychiatric meds it's a lot actually at some point I used to refuse the meds my dad had to force me because now he's a strong one he'd have to like come and hold my mouth you know like how mothers would force porridge on children that style now but me I would chew the meds and then spit them out one time I spat on him and he didn't take that lightly like how how do you spit on a man you know <laughs> and you're a girl nini mbaya na wewe i mean it just stopped by itself but i used to arrange my things a lot like i'd go look at my clothes arrange them i'd go look at go through my poetry arrange the papers like i'm going to start now writing a book nini nini i'd like look at the things i'd collected to do art then i actually wonder now what am i supposed to do with these things because they're just pieces of random things you know buttons nails things from the hospital just i wanted to like do something but I really couldn't. I tried but it didn't go anywhere. So I just sat down with myself, expressed myself on paper, what I felt, everything. Like I want to do a podcast, have a blog, nini nini nini, be serious, maybe go back to school. I looked at my policy side and I was thinking, um, maybe it, it could actually be a good career, you know, maybe one day I'll be an ambassador, who knows? Could be something nice. I used to just sit and watch TV. And actually funny thing when I was in the, in the psychiatric mood, I could hear other languages like I'd put a Zimbabwe a Zambia channel and I'd hear what they're saying and telling them but they even don't understand at home I'm Kalenjin I don't speak it I can't hear it. okay I can't hear it but now that time I could speak to people who are Kalenjin and they're like kwani wewe unajua kikaleli ni so after some time all these things just stopped and I would even tell my mom there I'm not hearing what they're saying anymore but now I was actually more calmer even now guests could come I was just calm and I could actually hold a conversation but I was still a bit moody like you'd say something I don't want and just walk out on you but it just reduced the time but also we started doing plant based diet and and now that just settled everything. Mm, I had really wanted to go vegan before I got sick because I started reading about how meat has hormones and like it lowers your vibration so it's like me I'm going to become vegan but it was difficult because at home we would like eat meat every day so <laughs> and then breakfast milk at goats and I used to love love pizza chapati smoky in school fries burger but I actually started stopping and then I got sick so now back home we were like okay you no longer going to take dairy you no longer going to take sugar you no longer going to take meat you're just going to be eating vegetables and complex carbohydrates like now pumpkin nduma and all that so in the morning we would make coconut milk actually very simple to make i'd use oats for my cereals sometimes porridge the only meat i was allowed to eat was chicken and fish so i would have like fish all the time even my bros would just be like hey even me now i think i want to be sick because <laughs> them they're just there skooming i can't take ugali i'm just like ugali and skuma and nini nini but me i'm there with fish and like wimbi ugali or just some nice stuff so that, that's where the healing journey could stay stay started and then also in my mind i was like i'm not going to think about what is happening i'm just going to look forward and like this is going to pass because when i would look at myself in the mirror i was so thin i was my face had scars they're still there but they've died down um but i could see like i was healing especially after now the plant based diet the healing sort of accelerated yeah like my skin would come back people would come and see me they saw me last week and they're like hey no me change nini nini so that would encourage me like yeah i'm doing well i'm doing well but i stopped looking at myself because now i'm like eh what's up because me i'm like i used to be really beautiful but now like hey now this but i didn't let it get to me i just decided um this is going to pass so 
I went on with the plant-based diet for some time. That was in 2020, the whole of 2020. 2021, before I came back to school, the doctor was like, you're actually on remission. I'm like, okay, this is actually great. So, I, me, I go back, fries, letter, burgers, letters, water, you know. <laughs> No, white rice, please. And some meat, naminji, workers, what, cook, later. So I started feeling, eh, no, I'm feeling sick. Kiasi, kiasi, joint pains, fatigue, apa, napale. So I go back to hospital and then they're like, eh, by the you're no longer in remission. Like, now you're back. Here, the symptoms are here, they're showing, nini, they do tests, and yeah, she's not doing well. So that was like around when, sometime in 2021, May. But I came back to school still, because I decided I want to finish. I was on meds, on and off, on and off. Then I, I stopped Kidogo, I increased my weed intake. I don't know if that contributed to anything. Me, I'm always defending weed. <laughs> And then one time, I just, January this year, I got fevers, like, I was just feeling hot, it was crazy, it would be cold, but I'm just sweating, so I go to hospital, the doc is like, eh, you, you need to be admitted here for like five days, actually for like three days, but we stayed for five days, because they were running tests, I was coughing, like, eh, I was coughing so bad, me, I knew this, this has to be the, the weed smoke, so they do x-rays, they do CT scans, nothing, me in my head, I'm just knowing, but then the machines don't actually show weed they show cigarettes like tobacco um they did tests yeah they found my red blood cells were low but that was basically it but they were like we can't explain these fevers you're having but it's a lupus symptom so i decide ah i'm going to go home so now when i go home i'm like what me i can't be sick like i'm very i like doing things even when i was in hospital i had my laptop so i actually at the time i had a client so i did a ui design i sent it i got the money but it was such an uncomfortable space to be in like i can't be doing this like when i'm sick yeah i can bring my laptop but i prefer working from home i prefer doing my stuff i just can't be sick again in fact i told myself mimi serudi hospital dinner this is the last time being admitted seriously so when i go back home now i make a food timetable where now here we have to be very very serious even if we get better there is no stopping so i just decided to get serious with it and i cook my own meals it was really hard at the beginning because me i'm so used to being cooked for but now house helps some sometimes i don't really understand that hey coconut milk what broccoli Hey, cauliflower, mse, mushrooms. Miss Jazzaya kupika hizo. So I decided, ah, well and good. I'll just cook for myself. It's an adventure anyway. I'll explore the culinary tests I want to explore. And it's actually fun. It's it's fun making your own food, but sometimes it's just, ah, I don't feel like. So I ended up like deciding I'm going to be cooking over the weekends and keep the food in the fridge. It's easier that way. Plus also a day like today, I'm not in the house. I can't cook, but I need to eat well every day so i have to pre-cook then just warm and when it comes to food you know we've been used to some tastes like meat and chicken when you become vegetarian now what's the option you know what's the alternative but i tried a veggie burger once and i just did not like it but i came to appreciate that natural food has its own kind of flavor and with time you get to accustomed you get accustomed to it and actually the meat craving just dies out and you just feel meat is nauseating so i i belong to two warrior communities so there is lupus foundation of kenya and then there is sclad sclad stands for scleroderma lupus and other autoimmune diseases okay for me i joined sclad first and it's my doctor who suggested it was like yeah by the way there's a community of lupus warriors and you can actually join them i don't know how my mom got contacts but me just found myself there (laughs) so basically what happens is um we just talk about having lupus you know sharing symptoms blah 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 like today i woke up like this nini nini and to an extent it's there's positives and negatives of being in a warrior group because one if you're trying to be on this healing journey you really don't need negative energy like every day people talking about symptoms i mean they're there but now the question is what are you doing about them you know like if you're having joint pains 
just stick turmeric tea and black pepper and they'll die down, you know. But there's a lot of focus on the symptoms rather than the solutions. So at some point I left the group, then I came back. Then now I decided, okay, I'm going to do, I have something called Lupus Girl Thriving. It's a blog and an Instagram page where I talk about how to manage your symptoms, how to be positive, just things you can do, therapies, pilates, yoga, blah, blah, blah. So I decided I'm going to be the positive voice because lupus has no cure, but me, I'm aiming for remission like i was there before and i can go back there and it's possible you don't have to live in pain every day you don't have to have symptoms worsening all the time and the second group is lupus foundation of kenya it's not really that active but we we do talk i still post there a lot it's it's okay it's okay but me my main my main beef with the warrior groups is the constant like I'm not feeling okay. And I know they are going to like backlash on me once they hear this, but I feel like you should take initiative for yourself and for your health. Like let's be positive in these groups. So if I could speak to the people with autoimmune diseases like lupus, scleroderma, fibromyalgia, anything, it's a hard space to be in and it's very confusing, it's very challenging because these are things that just came up the other day. So there's not much information about it and they say the, the one thing that they like telling us is there's no cure and so that really brings you down. So just shut out all the negativity and decide, okay, this is I'm the one who's sick, not the doctor, not my parents, not my siblings, not my friends, it's me and I need to get better. If you want to get better, then you have to get better. So just take initiative and find out what it is you can do. What foods shouldn't I eat? What should I eat? What workouts can I do when I'm feeling bad? You know, because joint pains, you can't work out a lot. Maybe you can try simple pilates, some simple yoga. If you're able to do yoga, do a lot of green juicing. Be active to your, towards your health. And if you need help, ask for help. If you can't get the help, don't feel bad. This It's it's your life. You know, it's, it's about you. So just wake up and help yourself. You're the only help you're ever going to get. Catch more African stories in the next episode of Legally Clueless. Oh man, I am so thankful that Joy shared this story. It just really puts a lot of health questions or concerns, actually concerns, into perspective. I also love how honest and lighthearted she is when she glances at the past, almost with like a grace that she can see where she went wrong or things that she did that she's not to show off things that others did. There's like a a very refreshing grace she has when she's looking into the past that I really, I really liked. So if like Joy, you want to share your story on this podcast, just click the storyteller form in the show notes and fill out the form. Make sure in the contacts you put an email that you actually check out because then I will be reaching out to you. And this is open to you who's African, wherever you are in the world. Obviously, if you're in Nairobi, it's easier to record you in person, but we also do recordings virtually. So, hala. <laughs> that sounded so sleazy. I apologize. Oh my days. Okay. Also remember that this podcast plays on Trace FM here in Kenya every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. and Fridays at 1 p.m. So just head over to traceradio.co.ke for a list of all the frequencies. List. What's happening to my speech? What's happening to my speech? A list, okay, of all the frequencies. Make sure you also support the channel by checking out the video series. Season three is pretty awesome. We worked so hard on it. Just go to our YouTube channel. We are five episodes in, so we are at the halfway mark and the stories are really inspiring. So our YouTube channel is Legally Clueless. There's a link to it in the show notes. There's also a link to Legally Clueless Africa, which is where you should go to sign up and join the community. The community already got one sweet message from me. I have been working on the next one, which is going to be going out this coming week. And it's going to dive deeper into the ancestral altar and just some resources if you're trying to figure out your African spirituality. Okay, I need to call it a day because this is a really long episode. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening to the very end. And yeah, until next time, I hope you are completely surrounded by grace and peace. That's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.